Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Every time I leave, you pull me closer. I hang up the phone. You call me a flop. This is flop culture. listening to Flop Culture, a podcast where we mainly talk about flops, but we also talk bops, hot goss and pop culture at large. I'm Fanula Jones, Jay, or otherwise, I'm your host. Before we get into this week's flop, uh, some news for this week, in case you missed it in your feed. Every two weeks for the next couple of weeks, I will be recapping Succession with former guest Owen Keane as part of a bonus season called Suckheads, which I did not Google beforehand. So if someone else has that name, or if it leads you to a nefarious website, I am very, very sorry. But yeah, go check that out if you need your succession fix. We'll be doing it every two weeks, as I said. Two episodes per episode. Um, yeah, and I hope you enjoy it. We had a lot of fun recording it. Let's crack on with this week's news. Love is Blind is shooting their reunion episode for season four live. The season four reunion special is set to stream live from Los Angeles on Sunday, April 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. I don't know what that is, GMT, but I will link it on socials or put it on socials when I know. At flopculture underscore pod. This is only the second ever live event Netflix have done, but it's the first ever live reality reunion. Um, It's going to feature couples and singles from the show as they break down the drama from the season and Nick and Vanessa Lachey will be back to host. I think this might be like a direct response to last season with the scene with the oranges. I think there was a lot of pushback about that. So it would be interesting to see how this goes. I am optimistic because I think it won't allow for any kind of sneaky edits and you'll get a full kind of picture of people's reactions and stuff. But then... But then will people be even more aware of what's going on as well? Do you know what I mean? Like, will people have different pretenses up because it's live? Uh, 
you will be able to watch it back on Netflix after if you can't watch it live. Um, will be available to stream on Netflix. So, yeah, very interested to know other people's thoughts because I know there's been a lot of talk around, like, with Vanderpump Rules, a very different show, obviously, and, like, you look at the examples of the Housewives shows, none of those reunions are live. But I suppose with Vanderpump this season and all the drama, there was a lot of calls for kind of, you know, an extended, unedited cut. Um, and Andy Cohen, who's, like, the head honcho there, they has confirmed that they're going to be releasing like an on not a fully unedited but like there's going to be an extended version but it's going to be on Peacock which is like where Bravo is kind of pivoting for its streaming so it's it's a clever move on their part to try and get them and get more eyes over there um but yeah will be interesting to see let me know your thoughts uh are you as into love is blind as I am this season again I don't know how they do it they just they get me in there and it's, they shouldn't because it's like, it's a play by play, you know what I mean? As like, there's couples, some of them are going to get married, some of them aren't, some of them hate each other, it's the usual, but the casting is always very strong and I think the fact that it's in a different place every year really helps. But let me know who you're liking, who you think is going to get married. Right, let's get into this week's flop. The pandemic ruined so many things, but perhaps one of the biggest losses society faced was a fully fledged Pussycat Dolls reunion. The girls were girling, the comeback song was genuinely good and the hype was there. A tour was planned and then in 2022, a halt was called to PCD for a second time. Why was that? Joining me to discuss is artist and musician, Puka. Puka, what an absolute thrill to have you on this week's episode. How are you doing? I'm good. I have recovered from my case of broken leg. Uh, <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. What a time. What, what a time. time. Uh, tell listeners your flop, your pick this week. So I have picked something very dear to my heart. Um, and as a correspondent for this group, I haven't had a lot of work lately. So thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to talk about the Pussycat Dolls reunion. Um so when I was writing some notes for today, I wrote uh, amazingly shambolic, um, to quote the great Nicole Scherzinger. Shamazingly shambolic. <laughs> like they are, before we get into the reunion itself, they are such an interesting group because their beginnings were in burlesque and they were uh-huh. kind of even, even before, okay, so you have the burlesque beginnings, like this dance group, this dance ensemble brought together that initially began with Christina Applegate, which I never knew before today. Nearly lost my mind. Carmen Electra was in the mix at one point. Always just a group of like, Brittany Murphy. And they're in loads of music videos. Like, Uh it's just so many things. It's, Oh, unbelievable. They have a song, the Shark Tale soundtrack. Anyway, not relevant. Not really relevant to this. It's always relevant. No, always relevant, actually. Shark Tale soundtrack is very good if anyone wants to do uh, an episode on that. I'm open to that. Anyway, back on script. Started as this like dance troupe. They were, uh, you know, they performed in clubs and venues and everything else. Mm -hmm. Featured in music videos. And then the manager, Robin Anton, was in, basically negotiated this record deal with Interscope and created 
it wasn't even a band. Like, it'd be hard to describe it as a musical act, but it's like, it became this brand. And then we had this group very much led, first and foremost, by Nicole Scherzinger, which kind of set them apart to their to their benefit and to their detriment, I suppose, towards the end. They had two albums, like, were kind of everywhere in popular music, everywhere in pop culture. Their influence still stands when you think of Don't You and the impact that song had. And then it was kind of ran to ground, heard nothing Mm -hmm. of them. And then suddenly they were back and they were back in a big way with a very good song, I would say. Oh, absolutely. You know, I went feral when I heard it first (laughs) because, you know, for the reunion performance and then we got this teaser of this new song and it was genuinely, you know, a fierce current, fierce modern (laughs) song. I was just like, I love this. Jesus, very of the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Very exciting for me personally. Um, Yeah, so like, what what you're saying there about the brand of the Pussycat Dolls was always so interesting to me. You know, I was 11, 10, 11 when the Pussycat Dolls first launched. And, you know, an interesting time for me as a, as a young man. Um, <laughs> being, I was quite confused about why I loved it so much. <laughs> Not knowing what was to come in my personal life. But Well, these girls, I really fancy them. Yeah. Or is it? Is it that? I know. I, um, I just, I, I remember back to... Like 2005, we had like dial up at home and my first introduction to the Pussycat Dolls was my sister's Bebo flashbox and it was the video for Buttons. So yeah. this is a bit, you know, you know, a few singles in and uh, with our 14.4 KB per second internet, I'll never forget it. Like I can see the dial up thing and like just like, oh, there's a new second of the music video has loaded. So we go back to the start and watch it and it would just be like Nicole walking over to Snoop and then just go back to the start and she'd get a bit further. Um, So I've consumed that video quite fervently, uh, as you could expect. So good. So formative. So formative. I I bought the first CD. I, I have PCD like on not on vinyl, on CD, like on the on the material of CD. Oh, yes. And I absolutely ripped through it. And at the mm. age that I was, I didn't realise that half the album, like our covers, I was like, wow, these songs are really good. Yeah. yeah. Just not their original songs. It's just them. And it's just melody <laughs> in the background going, tainted love. <laughs> doing the runs. God bless it. Oh, I, I would buy time. my sisters this, or like the singles mm. so I could have them essentially. <laughs> 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 oh, like I got you stick with you. Like, you know, I think you might like this song. And then I was immediately ripping it onto my mp3 player because you know classic sibling behaviour classic uh-huh. classic so, so okay so what year is this that they're back together then so for this uh, yeah this reunion yeah the only one the only <laughs> that one that we got uh, so we kind of got whispers of it in 2017 and Robin the founder choreographer everything else of Robin, the Pussycat Robin, Toss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bill Cullen of the Pussycat Dolls <laughs> Um, she did this thing called the Pussycat Dolls Workout, which was, you know, you came to a dance studio in Los Angeles and then Carmeet and Nicole showed up and danced to Buttons. And this was like the first time we'd seen more than one of them in a room together in many years. Mm. Because, uh, oh, sorry, I suppose it's important to preface this that mm. like they disbanded and Nicole did the solo thing for a while. Some Some efforts better than others. Nobody remembers Killer Love, rightly so, because it's bad. yeah. What was that lead single? Oh, something about a baby. Something about... Oh, oh right there. Yeah, I'm a baby love, I'm a baby oh, love. Yeah. Make the sun come out. That song. was for Her Name Is Nicole, which was scrapped. So this was <gasps> in between PCD and Doll Domination. There was supposed to be a Nicole solo album. Yeah. That was scrapped because it just didn't do anything because everyone was like, Where, where's the rest of them? You know? Where are the rest? But it was so... I, I'm going so tangentially here, but it was so funny that it was like... 
obviously they came out and it was Nicole front and centre but uh-huh. the rest of the girls were there and they were all dancing because that's how it started as a dance troupe they all danced mm-hmm. together and then it was just like we have this record label we need people who can sing and they all could sing yeah. but it was Absolutely. almost like I don't know whether it, this was a deliberate thing where it was like Robin Anton felt the only one who was individually strong enough which makes sense is Nicole because she is an incredible singer you can't take that away from mm-hmm. her but the rest of them could sing and then it was like you had this thing where it was like is is Pussycat Dolls Justin Cole Scherzinger are they all backing dancers then it was like then they were all there you know what I mean Mm. they do the second album that's grand Nicole tries to do it on her own and it's like well where are the others but these are the same people who were like why are the others there however many years ago when they were doing it as a band you know what I mean yeah like the original recording group when you know I think with the Interscope it was the, the crossover from Burlesque Troupe to you know, recording artists, there was 10 members and Robin was actually one of the members. So if you remember like the video for Don't Cha, there's 10 women there and then we just, they were just gone. <laughs> no, actually in Sway, which was the first single, there's more than six women there and they were kind of just like dropped off. Yeah. There's too many. <laughs> there's a landfill somewhere for Pussycat All members, I think. Sorry, also, correction corner here Killer Love is actually the good album I yes. was thinking of her name as Nicole and you said that yeah, yeah. Killer Love is the one where, don't hold your breath and we which don't is, talk about Big Fat Lie because that was I've, but I no <laughs> does not does not register so Nicole was doing like, had done her solo thing and in terms that was music like TV stuff she was doing The X Factor yeah. she won Dancing with the Stars in 2010 which is mm. news to me she did the American X Factor the UK X Factor Australia's Got Talent uh, she was in the musical Revival of Cats in 2014. Like, lots of acting, lots of little bits, right? And mass singer, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, okay, it's 2020, now is the time. As you said, she's with Carmeet again. All seems to be well. They're all dancing. Yeah. The world is ready now for a Pussycat Dolls reunion and new Pussycat Dolls music. So what happened next? So maybe we'll get into this part of it later because it is juicy and extremely messy. But... um the original kind of, you know, the re- reforming reunion lineup um, got together in 2019 um, for the first performance was the X Factor celebrity performance, which yes. I think has yeah, gone yeah. down in history for many reasons. For me personally, it's very important. <laughs> Is it? Do you think in a good way or a bad way? In a very good way. Yeah, I think it's great. It's a good performance. Yeah, it it's was so just... funny that I'm sure we're going to talk about this as well. That that was the only. Because there was a big delay in it getting on streaming or like a video, wasn't there? For React. For React, yeah. Well, yeah, this is the thing. So we got the snippet of React at the end of this performance. They performed a, me- or a melody. No melody. <laughs> there was no melody. There was no melody. A medley. So they started with buttons. Oh. They jumped off the stage and like backwards swan dive. So I was like, okay, they are back. Yeah. They are here. Um, Kimberly had just given birth, like no other to her. Um, so they did the hits, they did Buttons, uh, Don't Ya, and When I Grow Up, well, there's loads of hits. And then into React as the final kind of, you know, teaser for yeah. this new music. And then the demo leaked online. Uh, do you remember this? I don't. I didn't know this. So I had heard the demo and it was once again just clearly a Nicole track that has been repurposed <laughs> so everyone is raging I was raging because I was like no this was supposed to be about everyone getting a chance to shine and so like the final version of the song we hear like a very weak like third above harmony you We're like, can't hear them on it like uh, it's indistinguishable I can't <laughs> I was like this is all we're getting and like even just like the difference you know there's just that slight harmony and the you know in the song there's like a yeah like <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of hear them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was the beginning of something very exciting. You know, they really went for it. 
But yeah, sorry, I was going to say there, all of this, you know, allegedly was funded solely by Nicole. So she had invested her own personal finances into the reunion performance, into the music video, into... They went down to Australia to do like Good Morning Australia or Sunrise Australia. And that was not, you know, label funded. That was not anything that was just Nicole funding it. So that's why probably sowing the seeds for bad things to come later Mm. in terms of the reunion becoming shambolic. Um, But yeah, it was a very exciting time for a long time. Pussycat Dolls fan, Pussycat Dolls apologists because they're so controversial and, you know, it's been a rocky road. Why do you think they are controversial even prior to this? I think the way they were handled as a recording group, like, you know, it's it's an odd one because obviously Nicole was the one handpicked to be the star. She auditioned to be in the group. Um, the other primary vocalists were supposed to be Melody and Carmeet, but they rarely got a look in. Do you know what I mean? They got a, a verse each on Beep. Melody got her famous runs, as we know. Um, we'll touch on that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just, yeah, some very, like, very light kind of background in the distance vocals. Um, of all, like, you could hear Melody. Like, I still couldn't tell you what Carmeet sounds like. I'm going to be honest. Uh, yeah, that's fine. That's fair. <laughs> I mean... Don't get mad at me. I'm just being honest. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you can hear Melody on yeah. Wait a Minute and, like... Uh, and on buttons. Like yeah. you can hear even beyond the live performances that uh-huh. went on. Um, but like, do you ever think they were taken seriously as a pop act? Because I think in a way, they benefited a lot in their comeback and it was kind of a shame that they didn't just couldn't work it out because I think in 2020, we're like peak poptimism. Everyone's yeah. really behind pop acts, willing to take them seriously. Mm-hmm. They did have a handful of hits that they could stand behind that have left a lasting impact on culture and that are like genuinely good, yeah, I would say. Absolutely, yeah. So it was just a thing of like, was there genuinely like beyond the single leak and whatever and people being annoyed about it being Nicole front and centre, was there genuine like goodwill behind this comeback? Was there genuine excitement from other people other than you, do you think? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I know there definitely was like, I mean, it caused ructions like, I mean, the Celebrity X Factor performance famously got, well, famously, maybe not, uh, 400 complaints to Ofcom. And I always thought that was funny because of all the things to complain about on that show, that performance wasn't one of them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, That's always been the thing that plagued yeah. them though as well, was that they were like their image and like mm. the sexiness. And it was like, not, not to be bad lads, but like do one Google search. Their background is in burlesque. Yeah. Like they started as a sexy dance troupe. Like this is part of their brand and that's not a bad thing. It kind of added to, it sold it a, a lot of the appeal of the songs. Controversy. Huh? You know, there's two like massive controversies surrounding them, which was Nicole and then also just the you know, quote unquote, provocative nature yeah. of what they were doing. I do think that controversy did benefit them in terms of, you know, fame and in terms of renown. Um, you know, and it has aged weirdly because it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with it at all. And we've looked at it now through a modern lens in a wonderful way, like the way people talked about Britney, the way that people talk about Pussycat Dolls, about Rihanna, anyone. And people have matured and realised that we were wrong to be so disparaging to these performers, to these women, you know? Yeah. Um, but in terms of the reunion performance, like looking at it, a few mics aren't turned on. I guess we kind of, I kind of accepted. It. I was like, okay, maybe that's not what we're doing here. I didn't expect the microphones to be turned on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Nicole's was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, they only had a very short amount of time, a very short shoestring budget, budget to throw together this reunion and they did it so well. Like they're incredible performers. Like I can't, like I've never seen them live. So yeah. it's really, it's very upsetting for me that I probably never will now. Like they were one of the, again, the thing that stood to them was the dance background. Like they were, yeah. I, not every pop star has to be a, da- a dancer and a singer. Mm. Like I, I don't believe that, but they absolutely stood to them, especially when there were questions over like, how vocally good the rest of them were yeah. or like when they weren't getting a shot it was like well they can absolutely fling themselves around a the stage like there's Kimberly <laughs> yeah. doing gymnastics again do you know what I mean like it was I they know, had get the leg up there Kimberly yeah, get the leg up there Kimberly <laughs> she loved getting the leg up God they really you. were like the full package in inverted commas yeah. in that sense if you were thinking of a girl band it was like they at, at the very least they could all dance because you can hide you can hide someone who can't really sing especially mm. if you're in a group that large and when you have someone as strong the couple of people as strong as Nicole, Melody, I'll take your word on Carmeet. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, whereas it's not easy, it's not as easy to hide a bad dancer unless yeah. you just don't dance. And well, then like, it's like, well, why aren't you dancing? Melody had no dance background whatsoever. She was, you know, a child when she was kind of, she auditioned for the Pussycat Dolls. I think when she was officially a member of the group, she was 17 maybe. Um, had no dance background and she worked so hard to get up to the standard of the rest of the women in the group and did it so well. I think like she deserves props for that as well because she does get a lot of flack, especially it through the lens of certain performances. But like, you know, she was working really hard to get her shine and get her flowers. She deserves them. She deserves them. <laughs> she deserves them. Okay, they do X Factor. Yeah. The single leaks. Everyone mm-hmm. is like, da, 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 whatever. Yeah. What's next then? How do they react, no pun intended, to that? <laughs> like what, what's, what are the next steps for them then? So... In the timeline, the single came out about three months after this performance. So this is, bearing in mind, this is February 2020. And in that month, they did a lot. You know, they announced multiple tours, the biggest one being the UK tour, which I think is interesting because there is no American dates ever on that tour for a band from the States. I just thought it's so interesting. It was so interesting in the interim how they had really made, a lot of them had made the UK their homes. Like yeah. obviously we've already mentioned Nicole's TV experience but like Kimberly was doing mm-hmm. bits and had done a couple of reality TV things over there. Ashley as um, well. Ashley yeah. was on Saturday Night Takeaway a good bit and also did other things. And Melody. And Melody. Yeah. So it it did kind of make sense in some ways and I suppose the success they had over there mm. but yeah that's it. they had and they had a Dublin date wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for three arena. Oh, oh what could have been. So they announced bad. this tour. <laughs> Actually sorry before we get into it a bit more do you think they the delay was deliberate or was there something else like get your tinfoil hat on was something else at play there because that would have killed any other artist, I think. No other artist would have. In the age we are with streaming, with what they'd already gone through mm. with the leak, with how irrelevant X Factor celebrity, X Factor in general as a brand, forget celebrity edition was becoming, uh-huh. that would have been a death knell for any other artist. Why the fuck did they wait so long to get it out? Because they had to bring the rest of the, the girls into the studio to record some vocals, essentially. Like, that is it. And we got them as faint as they were. But for me, it was kind of like a compromise. I was like, as a as a fan, I was like, okay, this is what we're getting. We got an acoustic performance of React for Hunger Magazine where, you know, they are doing the backing vocals. It's lovely. It's actually a lovely piano-led performance. It's I'll link me, it in like, the show notes for people to watch. Yes, it's gorgeous. Um, so yeah, the single came out. Um, they had gone on the kind of promo trail for React. They did a really good performance on Anton Deck, Saturday Night Takeaway, which referenced the... X Factor performance where Anton Deck were running around with like sensor banners and like a sensor button, which I thought was good. And it just shows that they were 
not taking themselves maybe too seriously, which is kind of the vibe I always got from Nicole. I think she's had multiple kind of personas in her career. Yeah. And it was really exciting because I was like, okay, they're just genuinely really this happy is going to be, be there. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Who the fuck cares if it does well or whatever, or there's an album, whatever, we're going to uh-huh. have this really good single. They have the back catalogue and there, it's going to be great crack on tour. If this is a taste of it, this is going to be lit. Yeah. So all signs pointed to, you know, a wonderful time for Colm Conlon, firstly, yeah. <laughs> you know, going to the show. A great time in your life, and yeah. And we were supposedly getting an album. Um, whether or not that was a Scrap Nicole album repurposed for Busca Dolls, we will never know. And I'm sure it probably <laughs> was. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. You're because, fine with that. Yeah, I mean, like, Nicole, for me, is a problematic fave, you know, we as gay, we as gay people, we, we get, get to, to choose, choose our family. What? No, Sorry? We, we get to choose the pop star that we kind of latch onto. Yes, when we're young, and Nicole, is she yours? Um, for me, it's between Nicole and Nadine Coyle. Fair, okay. Yeah, Nicole Scherzinger was kind of like, I stand her. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. And I, I was apologizing for her when she would do terrible things and <laughs> talk to me about those I found it interesting what you said there about the personas you think she had throughout her career with Pussycat Dolls and I suppose Solo what do you mean by that or what kind of personas did you see well I think like it, it, was, it was tough for her because she always wanted to be a solo artist and I think like any business savvy head for their own career saw the Pussycat Dolls as this amazing opportunity as a launch pad but it just kind of it was so detrimental to her solo work because they became so iconic. They were kind of in their own lane, in a way, and they were they were inseparable. And that's it. Like in terms yeah. of brand image, music, it was like they were one and the same. Yeah, like the the whole brand of the Pussycat Dolls was amazing. Like I bought into it hook, line, and sinker. Like I still wanted Don't Shout Hoodie. You know the one that looks yeah. like a juicy couture. One. I'm upset. <laughs> I like I when I think of the fashion on the cover of the PCD album, and like yeah, one God. of them is wearing this like I think it's it's either Carmine or it's Kimberly, and they're wearing this like black and white striped like real pirate dress. They were like yeah. they were sexy, but they were like edgy. They were like nearly borderline kind of rocker chicks in the way they presented. Like it was just it was so hot. Oh yeah. my God, it was so good. Oh, stream. For by Puscato is like I love rock music you know (laughs) I love that song so much like it's been great listening back like you know for today yeah um, thinking back to when I was 11 on my iPod mini and listening to Flirt by the Puscato Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So good. This is... This is everything. This is my entire personality. Truly, truly. But sorry, Nicole Persona. So yeah. she was just like someone who 
obviously saw this as a launch pad, which makes sense yeah. because it has these roots and like everyone there is clearly talented and we've seen people go solo from bands before and it's worked well. And again, clearly she is, again, up for debate, but like the the view would be that she is the strongest vocally. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I don't think, I, I don't think anyone can argue with that. Yeah. I think like, you know, originally, as I said about primary vocalists and this and that, like Melody was more front and centre at the start. But um, that just kind of faded away. <laughs> um, but yeah, for Nicole, I think like, yeah, it was tough for her to launch herself as a solo artist because we were, even the, the music sounded different. I don't think it was that good, really. It sounded like, it sounded sparse without the layered effect of girl group, even though a lot of the backing vocals in the Puscat Dolls were her. At least the texture of it felt yeah. different. And then her solo stuff, she took it, you know, very seriously. It's like, I am a legitimate solo artist. I'm up there. You know, I'm one of the greats. Like, I'm one of the divas. I'm going to do this. And it just didn't really land. And then we have kind of X Factor Nicole, who is more like aloof and like goofy and amazing and fun and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, I, I, I feel for her because it was just so hard to kind of find a way that people would like her and appreciate her, you know, um, and then this time around with the Pussycat Dolls reunion, I just felt like it wasn't as like, cold and kind of distant or something. It was like, no, I'm like here for the crack. It's fun. We all like each other. We all get on. We're having a laugh. Yeah. You know. But like, it's kind of interesting because the solo stuff, like Killer Love did reasonably yeah, well in terms of songs on there. the UK. And like, like Don't Hold Your Breath is so good. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. Wet is so good. Poison. Actually don't like, yeah, I do like Poison actually. I don't yeah. love... I'm kind of over right there. I think I liked it oh, at the I time. Oh, I never liked that. I never yeah. liked that. It's just, it, was it a thing of like, it's just not enough? Or was it her recognising, you know, them coming back together? Was it a money thing for her? Was it a, another chance for her? Or was it just, you know the way you're saying, like they were all clearly coming together and they were putting aside these issues. Because I suppose yeah. the other key thing again, then again is, they're all brought together and it's, it's very manufactured. They, as far as I'm aware, they don't really know each other from outside life when they're initially put together for Pussycat Dolls do they? Say like well Carmeet was a, was in the Pussycat Dolls yeah. since 1995 yeah. like she's the only original original member I guess of the yeah. troupe and of the recording group and I think Ashley and Kimberly had been in as well and Jessica I'm pretty sure but Melody and Nicole were auditioned in by Interscope okay. you know to, to become the recording like the vocalist of the group Okay, so there is a, you know a history there yeah. of their sisterhood and all that yeah yeah so like some of them did know each other, but then you have the two gals coming in from the outside. Yeah. They do the album, it's all it's kind of all grand, but they are still like plagued with these rumors of, uh-huh. you know, they all they all fucking hate each other and they're just like doing it whatever and like yeah. Nicole's trying to steal, steal the spotlight. None of them are getting a fair go in, whatever. The second album comes out, which is Doll Domination, and one of them has left. Who is left at that point? Is it Carmeet? Yeah. Carmita's has left mm. and that kind of adds fuel to the fire that it's like she was annoyed that like, you know again that well I think like there's a lot of context there about why she left and why I think she left um, I suppose now is a good time to kind of talk maybe about the catalyst yes the, please the kind of you know the public distaste towards Nicole um, so I think for me like I am, I love Carmita so much she's amazing she's an incredible performer she was in you know, Crazy in Love by Beyonce music video. She was in uh, Blood on the Dance Floor by Michael Jackson. Like her her career as a dancer, as a main dancer in music videos is so established. Um, but she was getting awful abuse for how she looked. And I don't know, 
Like it was horrible. I remember like a standout memory for me of this time was after the first album, they were literally doll domination at this point, you know, very aptly named. Um, Sacha Baron Cohen went on stage at the MTV Maybe Movie Awards and made a, a long winded joke where the whole punchline was the ugly one in the Pussycat Dolls. And it was horrible. And I was 11 and I was like, this is not right. Like, this is horrible. And she was always unfavorably compared to the other members of the group. And she is stunning. Like, she's so beautiful. She just maybe didn't look quite like the rest of them. Yeah. And then, you know, she left to start a solo career, which um, I'm not too well versed in. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Would you believe? Neither am I. <laughs> but like at this time we had, well, there was two performances by the Pussycat Dolls at the American Music Awards and both of them were very much marred by um, controversy. <laughs> the first being uh, they had been on tour in Istanbul, they went to Germany, Melody, this is according to Melody, she gave an interview recently about this actually, Melody left her passport under the pillow and then couldn't make rehearsals for the AMAs. So there's a lot of theories as to why this performance ended up the way it did. Right. Sometimes I prefer the fan theory that Nicole locked her in the dressing room. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Um, so Melody couldn't make the rehearsals and especially the choreography rehearsals for the AMAs because it was really convoluted. This was 2006 um, and the Buttons performance happened. We got to the last chorus. Melody emerges from where she came from, we don't know, um, and does her, her buttons runs in such a way, you know, it was messy. You know, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't on key. It was a gal who was laying her life on the line and yeah. the life was depleting. We were watching yeah. it die before our eyes. And it was, but it, it's one of those, and obviously I'll link it in the show notes if you have no idea what we're talking about. God love you. You are, your, your <laughs> life is about to be changed. But it is just this, it's the moment that people come back to, I think, especially around the argument around Nicole uh, and like yeah. how she was the catalyst for everything going to shite and whatever and how it was never going to work. Yeah. Because... Melody is clearly pissed off for whatever reason or is just basically just putting her whole life into these vocals and as we said, she's delivering on some, not on others. And Nicole is continuing to try and sing along but is also like heavily side-eyeing her as if to be like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? What is going on? At one point she shouts the lyrics, you know, of the chorus of buttons because she's trying to like compete with Melody. They're just acting, <laughs> they're just battling it out like yeah. it's... I even oh. see, like, I mean, this is, I was reading through the comments, you know, and, and the lore of Pussycat Dolls is very expansive. But, you know, people are reckoning that Melody kind of broke out of the choreography blocking and, and went to the front of the stage and Nicole, like, dragged the rest of them up to the front of the stage so that they'd all be in line with Melody. Um, you know, and that was vocally not a good one for Melody. And she said in the same interview I spoke about, you know, she was sick. She had obviously absolutely frazzled trying to get to America to do this performance. And my heart does go out to her. You know, Nicole, uh, then after the PCD kind of fanfare of the first album kind of dies down a bit, she goes for the solo stuff. There's always these seeds of, you know, distrust towards Nicole. And then the second album tour, Melody goes on a rant on stage, I think in her hometown. I think it might have been Atlanta, Georgia. I'm not sure. Basically just name checking Nicole. And I was like, you know, in such a way, but she's like, some of us don't get the shine that we deserve. This was at a Pussycat Hall show. And it's so interesting. And that's on YouTube as well. It's definitely worth a look. Because it's really like, 
I didn't actually know this happened at the time. And I think it's pretty impressive for her to be like, actually, no, this is not on. Like, I deserve my shine. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I suppose, like, obviously, it's deranged in one sense that she's doing it at a Pussycat Dolls concert. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> where, like where of, that's kind of the perfect time because you have yeah. all these fans here. It's like, no, this is actually what's going on. This is what I'm dealing with. I'm, I can't well, be dealing like, with it. Like, look at, you know, I looked at another performance there in, it was in Malaga, some MTV performance, and it was great. But you can even tell, like, front of house, it's very clear on what's coming through the broadcast, you know, line of what we're hearing on the mics. Like, mm. Melody's mic is only turned on for buttons. And then you actually hear her vocals on the track backing vocals then over them, which is really nice. So it's probably one of those rare moments in a bus got done where mic is actually going out front of house. So she's like, I have something to say. And, you know, you can't cut her off then. So mm. fair play to her. Fair play. Mm. Fair play. So then she leaves, so they go They go away, they're all doing their own bits. Yeah. She does not come back for this kind of get get together, yeah. this reunion that you're speaking of. Carmeet does come back. Yeah. And this had kind of, the wheels had been kind of in motion since 2017. And then, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And then we talked about, you know, they're all kind of doing their own things, whatever, but like the wheels are in motion then it's 2019, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like it's all happening, the tour's yeah. happening, whatever. Then enter a little known virus called COVID-19 <laughs> COVID and everything uh, is postponed mm-hmm. and pushed out. What happens then? So there's a lot of air quotes and allegedly's here. Um, it's completely fine. are so interesting um, because I, I, like, I don't, I think if I was to pick a side, I'm not on Robin Anton's side in any of this, to be honest. Okay. Um, so there is an alleged advance from Live Nation, which is a huge music promoter, towards a tour for $600,000, which uh, through the postponements and everything has disappeared, <laughs> allegedly. Right. Allegedly, uh, So yep. the litigation is ongoing. And I think that is so juicy and so interesting because this was supposed to go to financing the tour, you know, to building the show and all this kind of stuff. Um, multiple cancellations because of COVID. You know, we're all used to that. We all seen yep. that as a musician. That's just the way it was at yep. the time. We just don't work. Um, and eventually the reunion is officially kind of informally but formally called off by Nicole Scherzinger posting on her Instagram stories, not informing the other members of the band uh, at a very heartfelt message with the PCD logo, like, oh, it breaks my heart to inform you all that the PCD tour is no longer happening. And then poor Karamit and Jessica are on the phone to each other like, okay, this is news to us. You know, we've kind of aligned a lot of things to make this happen. Um, buried a lot of probably animosity and bad feelings to make this happen. So it was pretty devastating. And I can't imagine how they felt. It must have been pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think even prior to that, so it, the group kept, it kept being postponed, as you said, September yeah. 2021 it was reported that Nicole just wasn't, was refusing to take part in the tour. Yeah. And then Robin Anton was suing her because uh-huh. um, I think she had originally agreed to 49% of the tour's earnings. Yeah. Um, and then refused to take part unless that rose to 75% and in, and mm. that she got overall creative control. Yeah. Um, and then I think she has since countersued over this 600,000 alleged $600,000 advance from Live Nation Live Nation that you talked about yeah um, but it's just like what a mess like what a mess like again with this countersuit like Nicole said you'd mentioned about her, them funding the tour 
to Australia, like yeah. that she had funded. She'd mm-hmm. also funded the X Factor celebrity performance. Yeah. Um, and she's basically suing Anton now to basically say that she can't use uh, her likeness to sell a tour. So even if the girls wanted to do it mm. without Nicole, that it, she's like, no, 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 no. But see, Robin not. had already tried to do this. So she had ah. tried to reform the Pussycat Dolls with Pia Mia as the lead singer. Not Pia Mia! I know, yes. <gasps> so it was like, okay, Nicole's not playing ball. This is 20, I'm going to say 2015, 2016. I'm not really sure. So Can someone please do an episode of Pia Mia separately because <laughs> she's a really good song and then that's it. Like, I know. All I think of is the video of her being made to sing to Drake and while all the Kardashian Jenners are there. It's really strange. Have you seen that? I think so. Like, she's I, like, I, I was... got my eyes on. They're all just at dinner. It's complete <laughs> silence and Drake, Drake is just there like, it's so bizarre. Anyway, carry on. Oh God. Yeah, like I... Read the name Pia Mia last night and I was like, I have not heard that name in years. Having a visceral reaction. Honestly, and Pia Mia allegedly received $100,000 to uh, make this happen, which once again... She gets fair play. Fair play. She did not do a tour or do anything. Just be like, all right, there you go. So like, I think like objectively, it's not a bad idea because, you know, the Pussycat Dolls brand is marketable. Obviously, it worked for years before they were a recording group and were hugely successful in what they did. So I'm like, it's worth the shot. So like in fairness, Robin... There was a part of me that's like, I feel like the tickets were already sold and I feel like people still would have gone. I I didn't didn't have tickets for the Dublin show originally, but there's a part of me that's Mm. like, if they had put it on and replaced her PMEA, I think I would have got one just out of nothing other than sheer curiosity. You know what I mean? But this PMEA replacement was before this reunion, but I know what you mean, exactly. So like, I originally didn't have tickets, which is crazy to me. I just think I was broke, whatever. But like, there was no way I wasn't going to go. You know, I yeah. was going to be in the front row. Like, that was just the vision that I'd manifested for myself. Yeah. And it would have happened. Like, I would yeah. have been punching people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Honestly, yeah. violent. <laughs> just digs. <laughs> it's just like, what a mess. And mm-hmm. I, this series as well, we're doing another girl band who, I'm actually not going to say because I don't have no idea what order these are going out in yet. But it's just, like, who, who is the real villain here in this because with this other particular girl band we talked about like there was loads of factors at play in in terms of why some more than others but in terms of why they couldn't just like get the shit together and get it done who's the real villain here is it Nicole is it Robin is it the the pandemic is obviously a villain villain (laughs) but like beyond that (laughs) beyond that I suppose it's just there's a part of me that's just like and I understand losing money but like why could you have not just waited and I know 2021 was a very different place to know where we're going to be with the virus and like it was mm. already really hard people had already lost a lot of money especially musicians why couldn't have Nicole just held on because I just feel like no matter whether she, you think she's right or wrong mm. this has clearly left her in poor favour with the rest of the girls and it's kind of scuffered any hopes of anything happening in the future why would you not have just dug your heels in just waited got the performance out of the way and then been like bye by taking your money and run when you were well, already getting such a large cut as it was as well I know so like you know the cut the cut breakdown was really interesting because I think it was originally um, Nicole would get 49 and the rest and the rest and the rest oh the rest of the girlies <laughs> little Lisa little March and the rest uh, <laughs> little Carmise <laughs> little Carmise was only getting 5% versus the other gals 12.5% because she wasn't there for the second album which I think is such a funny thing for the recording of the second album the recording of the second album the only person on it is Nicole apart mm-hmm. from like one song I think it's what to think about that Melody gets an oh baby like oh that. baby <laughs> then you know you can kind of hear them in the ba- in the chorus though that's a song where I can hear them all and that, t- that text really benefits to her Nicole okay. I should say that chorus is so good do you not agree? I 
I, I'm not as much of a doll domination fan. Oh, neither. I was saying yeah. to Adam because I had never actually listened to it all the way through before this, ep- uh, before this episode. Oh, there's a lot of clangers in there. It's, but it's not, it's like a lot of, it's just so bland. Yeah. Like, I think when it's good, it's good. When it hits, it hits. Mm-hmm. I think the singles are really strong. Hey, I hate this part is so fucking good. It's so, such a yeah. good, like, power ballad thing. But that kind of goes back to what I was saying about Nicole's persona, especially her musical persona. Like, you know, am I a pop star? Am I an R&B star? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it was kind of, it never really translated. It was always kind of messy that way. Um, for sure. But yeah, so the original uh, reuniting members getting their, their lower cuts. And I think like... Did the they ben- know that, do you think? Oh, I think it was, yeah. I think it was all agreed. And they were probably like grand, That's whatever. The, like you can tell when you watch them, they love to perform. Like this is, they want to see their fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they do have fans. And <laughs> hello. <laughs> <laughs> but like then like you think of like Nicole not playing ball with this reunion. And it's like, I think it's, it's unfair of her to think that the Venn diagram of Puskat Dolls fans and Nicole Scherzinger fans is not a circle because no one is like, oh, I'm a Nicole fan, but I was never really a Puskat Dolls fan. Like, that doesn't exist. Yeah, no, it <laughs> you doesn't. Know what I mean, we're fans of her because of the Puskat Dolls and her, like, especially her recording work, obviously. Is there ever a chance for them to reunite, do you think, at this point? I. Uh, I want to make it happen. I don't know how I can. Okay, so what you're saying is you need funding. Yes, I do. Um, so if you can just give me $600,000. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to you. I'd love if some just angel investors listen to this podcast who are just really into pop music. They're like, sure. Yeah, yeah loves Pussycat Dolls. Yeah, we just need a Pussycat Dolls correspondent to uh, step up. And yeah. that is me. Can't spell Pussycat without Puka. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. I know. You've got a fair point there. Yes. <laughs> uh, what is your favourite Pussycat Dolls song? I, I was listening in the car on the way here. And trying to answer this question because I was expecting it, and I think it's buttons. I think buttons like is the perfect showcase. The music video incredible, but is like the perfect musical showcase of like a burlesque performing group. I think it makes the most sense for what they were marketed as. I just think it's a fantastic song. It's so good. Uh, Snoop's verse where he like name checks all of them is very satisfying. It's very good. You're so rude. I remember that video came out when we were on holidays in Portugal and it was always on the music Mm. channels and I was just obsessed. Oh, it was so good. Like we didn't have Sky. uh, Like I think, I actually remember when we got Sky because it was in the album cycle time. (laughs) Because of course. (laughs) And then I'd be like waiting for the I Don't Need a Man music video and just being like, oh, there's I Don't Need a Man. I think that's their best song because I was struggling to answer there as well. Like I do. I think that does also align with the kind of, the, you know, the portrayal of them as a burlesque recording group, I think it really works with that and the music video as well. What do you think is their floppiest song, their work song? In terms of single? In terms of album track, anything, yeah. Um, I think like musically, I don't know how to answer that really because there's a lot of them that are just terrible. That's fine, <laughs> you can name more than one. I think like the floppiest song is probably Jai Ho, even though it was a massive hit. Because it's just a perfect encapsulation of what we talked about, which is the Pussycat Dolls featuring Nicole Scherzinger, which is like, what? You know, yeah, that's very strange. It's like Mark Jacobs by Mark Jacobs for Mark Jacobs for Mark <laughs> Jacobs. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of, I don't love Hush Hush, though I do yeah. love the video. 
Vo- yeah, the vocal production, that's so weird. Like, all that second album, it just sounds so different. I know we talked about the textures and stuff, but, like, her voice just sounds so sparse and so tinny, and it's not her actual voice. There's another album track on Doll Domination. It's called Magic, and, like, the... Yeah. The, the pre-chorus is really good. It, mm. really good. it sounds like there's going to be something interesting yeah, here. Yeah, it's building up. <laughs> yeah, it's building up something. And then the chorus is so fucking flash. And it's yeah. like, again, whatever they've done with the mixing there, not that I know anything about that, but it's just like, it's so dull. It could be anyone yeah. singing. It could be anyone's song. But like to me, I mean, I'm just going to speculate wildly here, um, which I love to do. But like, because it is scrapped, her name is Nicole. It's like we had these demos. Some of them worked and some of them didn't. We need a Pussycat Dolls album because you guys are doing a second album. Just throw whatever you have at it and just throw on unfinished songs or like songs that need to be rewritten or need to be redone. And that's what happened, I think. There's also potentially that they didn't have a lot of material to work with anyway because did you know they were one of the artists among the the Universal yeah. Studios fire in 2008 so like apparently like all their master tapes were destroyed I'm just a bit like that's a bit convenient isn't it? I know it's just yeah. like here's a Nicole CD that's just <laughs> change a few things around Okay in summary why was the Pussycat Dolls reunion a flop? It was a flop because because of COVID no um, I, it's just like trying to relaunch the group as if everything was forgiven and on the surface for me it appeared that way for a while and like everyone was friends it was all lovey-dovey I just don't think that was ever going to happen you know, there was always going to be ructions and there's a few villains here let's say um, but it just I guess it just wasn't to be and it's so upsetting for me never say never never say, say never. never that's what I'll say I'm manifesting it for you because I Thank would you. like to see them as well yeah we can go together. We can punch wait. our way to the front. I can't wait. Flop culture uh, school tour. Puka, it has been an honour. Thank you. Where can people find out more about you, listen to your music? Where are you? I, I'm everywhere. Um, I'll just have been on the CMAT tour, playing the keyboards, doing the dancing. Doing the, doing the keys. <laughs> doing the dance. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be releasing new music very soon, which you will find everywhere that you listen to music. Um, I'm very excited about it because... It's a bit of me. Um, it's just a Pussycat Dolls cover. No. <laughs> just an album of Pussycat Dolls yeah. covers. This is how I would have done it. <laughs> this is me covering Tainted Love in the style of Pussycat Dolls. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, and Puka Music is my handle everywhere. And you can engage with me and talk about the Pussycat Dolls and I would love that. It's been a pleasure. And you'll come back and talk about something else, won't you? Oh, yes, I absolutely will. I do. Puka, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on Flop Culture. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much to Puka for joining me and for not getting mad that I attempted to derail the conversation at pretty much every point to talk about Pussycat Dolls and their like past albums. I just went down a rabbit hole before we recorded and totally lost the run of myself, but he handled it like a pro, I have to say. You can find Puka's music wherever you get music. You won't find him anywhere else because CMAT has him locked in a basement somewhere, presumably. Finally, let's find out who is flopping hard this week. You're a flop. Top of the flops this week is those protesting against the presence of LGBTQ plus books aimed at young people in public libraries. Campaigners have been entering libraries and attempting to remove books they deem to be inappropriate for children, in inverted commas. The groups claim LGBTQ plus books promote gender ideology and pornography and are insisting that they violate the Children First Act. 
They're urging followers to report offending books to local Garda stations. Some of the books include, uh, there's a couple of Juno Dawson's book, uh, Riyadh Caliph's book. It's just, this is what a spokesperson for the local government management agency had to say. Uh, they manage Ireland's public libraries. They said it was aware of some recent protests at libraries. Some library authorities have had to provide additional support to their staff as a result, including information on how to deal with such incidents and how to protect their well-being, which is one of the grimmest sentences I've read in quite a long time. The Irish Times reports then that additional support includes instructions to secure buildings, alert Gardaí and avoid commenting to the media in response to any protests. Library management also recently warned staff that children need signed consent from their parents to borrow books outside of their age category. Uh, Children need a new signed consent form every time they move to a new age category and teenagers who join the library are automatically placed in the children's category until they provide a signed parental consent form. Um, And these rules and changes have kind of caused, I think, upset among some staff. They believe these rules have been brought in to placate the protesters, which I'm not sure is the right call. Uh, a spokesperson for the LGMA has said that the age restrictions are there to help parents supervise reading. Um, despite the fact that like libraries are obviously curated by librarians, they're categorized by age. I just, this is really frustrating on a number of levels, right? So like their argument anyway is that promotes gender ideology and pornography. Any of the books listed, right? Including the examples that I gave, they're not pornographic books because Well, for one thing, like, they're catered towards children. They're there to inform of other sexualities, um, give a voice and, like, help kids who are, have a voice in their head who are like, I'm a bit different. I'm, don't feel myself identifying or fitting into these, like, straight boundaries, but I want to know more. I don't know where to go. Maybe your family isn't entertaining it. Maybe not even in a negative way. Maybe they just don't even know how to approach the conversation. These are very necessary books because the thing about this is, and it's it was a drag queen that put it like this actually, uh, and I think this was with regards to like drag bands and stuff in the States, more so than this, but like it's all the one, the censorship thing. Um, and I suppose the trans debate and inverted commas that's going on at the minute, like there is no debate there in my mind, just so I'm, we're abundantly clear. But... Like, getting rid of these books doesn't get rid of people who are gay, people who are bi, people who are trans, like, and, like, trans, trans people, gay people, bisexual people, people of all sexualities have always existed. They have just been marginalised, ignored often, which has led to horrific things. Death being the most obvious, awful example I just, I find it very frustrating that they, that that their argument is that the pornography one is just dumb, incorrect, stupid, whatever. The ideology thing is like, they're not, these people exist. They've always existed. One of the books is literally a book on sex education catered explicitly towards children. And we already know that there are a lot of gaps in the education system when it comes to sex education. These are just facts. These are just life. These people exist. These ways of life. These ways of lives. It's not good English, but you know what I mean. These have always 
been a thing. They're just facts. What anyone chooses to do with that information is, quite frankly, their own business, as much as it is the protesters' business to be straight, which I'm going to be honest, maybe I'm making an absolute blanket assumption there, generalization even, I think I'd be pretty confident in that it's a correct one though, to be completely honest. Sex education is not the same thing as pornography, but the thing is, because there are gaps in our education system and we're trying to censor and limit resources like this, children predominantly and teenagers are using pornography as sex education. And I'm not demonizing all pornography, sex work is work. I think there's room for that. But I think we need to look at the cold hard facts and the cold light of day here. I think we're chasing after the wrong. And I say we, it's actually not me. This doesn't represent me at all. It doesn't represent my views. But these people are going after completely the wrong thing. And it comes back to like absolute baseline homophobia. Nothing more, nothing less. This isn't about consideration of children. This isn't about consideration of children's education, especially in a sector that is already very limited in terms of resources. These are important books, necessary books. And I mean, look, we all know how well censorship of books has gone in the past, right? So bigger fools, you guys. I don't know if you ever heard of the Streisand effect. Dopes. Anyway, flop. Flop behavior. Get a life. Get a life! And also, leave library staff alone. People just trying to do their jobs. Anyway, I'm back down to earth. Excuse me. Apologies. Rant over, as they'd say on Facebook. That is all from us uh, at Flop Culture this week. Please rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts and you'll get a personalised bop or flop recommendation from my good self. Something to watch, listen to. Uh, something to get you over this Easter weekend. All you have to do is leave your nickname in the review. I will see it and I will mention it at the end of next week's episode. You can also leave a five-star review on Spotify. We are like genuinely titillatingly close to 200 reviews so I'd love a five star review there if you have enjoyed the podcast at all would hugely appreciate it it helps people find the show it's hugely appreciated by me nice thing to do nice karma for yourself this podcast has been edited by Adam Tranahan artwork is as always by the lovely Brian Lambert until next time talk to you next week bye 